Alright, hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Robots in Disguise podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. Brown Town, we're going back to it. Brown Town, <laughs> and no browner place than this town. Welcome to Brown Town. It's brown. Everything's waiting for you, Brown. When down. you're alone and there's a place you can go that's always beige, Brown, brown Town. <laughs> yeah, I was I was scrolling through lyrics trying to get to the chorus, and it's like I I wasn't getting there. So I improved, but yes, we're we're back with robots in disguise, and unfortunately, we're back in our least favorite deck. Well. It's not a bad deco on its own. It's just a bad deco when more than one character is tan shades. Yes. Like a bunch of overripe bananas. I mean, uh, so much of this episode is two brown characters on a brown background fighting a gray guy. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness for the gray guy. Oh, God. Yeah. At least... Oh, and there, there's, a, there's a sheriff's car that's also brown. <sighs> I didn't... I, I guess I haven't seen a sheriff's car in quite a while. I guess in the West they're brown. Around here, I don't. I mean, so. presumably, there's yeah, an I mean, RV that's in traditional RV colors. Yes, which is top, which is an <laughs> off, adjacent off brown. Yes. Come on, Mister White, it's time to cook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're getting all the good gags out early. All right, so this uh, this first this is the first season, the first episode of season three slash season four. It's complicated. Question well, mark. It's not really complicated. It's just that Hasbro's themselves have uploaded, thankfully, all of Robots in Disguise 2015, and this is categorized as season four. Season four. Yes. Despite the fact that season three was just split into two in a normal length season. Well, see, well, see no, season two was normal length, and then two. there was like that weird little six-episode mini-season. Wait, what? No, I thought I thought season two was slightly shorter because... I seem to recall it was just the standard length. No, 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 no. Well, according to the wiki, it, it's like 13 irregular episodes, and then season two and a half is six episodes. Oh, okay. So, it, I, so I, still, it's a, that's it, even less than a full season. Yes. I mean, it's a half season, so it's yes, it's weird. Half season plus the thing, and when well, there's, there's shorts in there oh, yeah. somewhere that wait, have we already talked about the shorts? We did talk about the shorts. We did them okay. all in we one did, episode. They had those adorable little mini cons that yes. sounded oh, like right. the yeah, gremlins. Yeah, the ones who speaking like it, Frank Welker gremlinese. Yeah, oh. so it all basically added up to like two episodes yeah. with all the shorts. So yeah, this first air, April 29th, 2017, we are moving closer and closer into uh, the present. Now, the important thing to know about the order of the, the seasonality of it all is that if you go to YouTube and you look on the Transformers official channel, you have this is the episode that's listed there as Robots in Disguise Season 4. Yes. Everything else is just semantics, but it is actually important that to know that that is where you find these episodes if you want to watch along with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they do have it all conveniently in one playlist in the reverse order for some damn reason. I think that's kind of just how, maybe with how YouTube treats playlists. I Well, no, it's, it's how you build the playlist. Uh, Somebody put, just put it together backwards. Well, I guess they probably uploaded the new ones first. Or the like the, the 
Like, they started with season one, and then they built from there, but it just sort of built upwards. Well, yeah, but, like, when they're when they're adding to the playlist, they just clicked whatever the what was the most recent yeah. and did them in that order. So it's backwards when you hit the playlist. And uh, this episode was written by Adam Beechin, who is, I, I believe, was the, the showrunner for uh, Robots in Disguise, and thus he's the guy who does usually the... Uh, the first episode and the last episode of each season. And so he does the two-part premiere here. And then he will return to do the two-part finale. Okay. Oh, yeah, when we get into episodes I have not seen. Yes, well, this because this is a full 26-episode season. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I missed some episodes in season two or 2.5 or whatever. But... I definitely know I missed a lot in season three. I saw mm. the beginning, like, first five episodes or something, or maybe further, and I definitely fell off before the end, because I have no idea what goes on at the end. I assume by the end, Cartoon <laughs> Network was airing these at, like, five in the morning. Yeah, the, it, it might have changed schedule or yeah. something. Oh, yeah, because we're on Cartoon Network, not the hub now, right? Yes, that's right. Uh, and then uh, soon, once we finish with this, I R. guess... R.I.P. the hub. Well, because mm-hmm. then I guess we're going to move on to Cyberverse. Quest- well, I guess we're going to finish off Rescue Bots, which did air on the hub slash uh, Discovery Kids or Discovery Family. Mm-hmm. Then Cyberverse was Cartoon mm-hmm. Network, and then eventually we'll get to uh, EarthSpark, which is Nickelodeon. Yeah, all over the place. Yes, slash, slash Paramount, Paramount Plus. Plus. Yes, Which I have, because Ooh. that's how I can watch the Late Show with Stephen Colbert as it airs without ah. having cable because where I live we don't have actual broadcast television. Oh. I mean, maybe if you got a big enough antenna, but it would have to be a very large antenna. Who has an antenna anymore? Hey, when I lived in Columbus I could pick up all of the channels with just like a super basic antenna. Admit, I... I think I tried Antenna here for a bit, but it was, like, very spotty and three channels, sort of. Yeah. All right, and we open with a uh, with a pitched car chase. It is indeed the cops who are in, like, some sort of remote southwestern mesa. Wee-oo, wee-oo. <laughs> and they are chasing down this gray car. A gray SUV. A, a gray car with purple and red accents. Yes. I'm uh, going to call it a crossover. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it's sort of high up. It um, sort of reminds me of the, uh, was it Dodge Magnum? But like with bigger tires. Oh, yeah. Well, Dodge Magnum it's is like definitely what they based uh, like Cybertron Red Alert on. Yeah. When I got the uh, the state registration for my Subaru Crosstrek and they, they put SUV and I was like, how dare you? <laughs> and eventually we'll find out this guy's name is Heatseeker. I don't think we find out till the next episode. Or if unless you watch the credits. With you with you yeah, technically. You're some kind of boring person who watches credits like I am. And uh, that that's also how you find out he was voiced by Mikey Kelly. Who? Uh did you ever watch that Mikey. uh that cartoon show Invasion America? Nope. It no, was like kind I'm of a big deal. It. it was he was like a prime. T- he was like the main guy on that. I remember um, it being a big deal. I don't <laughs> didn't actually watch it, but I remember it being no, a big the, deal. I remember it being kind of boring. 
Yeah, uh, he was the ma- yeah. he was Michelangelo in that CG animated Ninja Turtles movie. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I mean, he's done a, f- a fair bit of stuff. He's uh, he's a, he's a big additional voices guy. Aha! Uh-huh. Oh, he was Ratchet in Ratchet and Clank. Well, was. Ratchet's had multiple voices. Oh. And then I was he's going to say, a- wasn't, wasn't he David K at some point? No, the robot Clank is David K, I think. Ah. And then he's also in a ton of uh, video games as well. So, you know, he's, he gets around. Of course. But yeah, I just wanted to mention Invasion America, because I remember it being a huge deal at the time, and it was always kind of boring. I, yeah, I, have to, I guess I have to look up what the hell that is because I don't remember. It was like a prime time, like it was very sort of X Filesy, like there's some sort of alien conspiracy. I, there was a bunch of cartoons that tried to be that. Well, this one was like it had like like Steven Spielberg produced it, and it was sort of like a, a sort of like a, like a serious animated show. It was trying oh, the- very hard to be a serious adult animated show. Yes. Yeah, I, the visuals are vaguely familiar in that they look like they're trying to ape across between Batman the Animated Series and the Men in Black series. Mm. Yeah. And I don't think I ever saw any of this. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so you know, this, this guy has caused 12 accidents. He's run five motorists off the road. But pretty quickly, he proves too elusive for these... Uh, for these cops and tells them, you know, these roads are mine now. Also, it may just be like them, the, the animators not paying super attention to detail, but it just feels like the cop who's driving. There's when when his uh, when the passenger cop is like talking on the radio, the cop who's driving just really seems to be enjoying himself. Yes. Just like got this big old grin. <laughs> And also, it's weird that he's he's always talking about how he owns this valley now, and yet the episode is King of the Hill. Yeah, it, well, the, the hills, valleys, it's all the same. All that I force oversee is is my dominion. I mean, clearly, it's because this uh, this val- he's actually trying to secure this valley because of its valuable propane and propane accessories. Hmm. <laughs> and I, oh, I'm trying to remember the name of that stupid movie that those cops remind me of um i don't know you oh duh <laughs> well, well yes we'll, we'll get to the king of the hill gags um oh what the hell was the name of it? it wasn't hot fuzz it was the um what was it about the cops in like vermont or maine super troopers yes that's it this one guy does look like he is about to offer somebody a mustache ride yeah, they, they remind me of the two main yes. guys from Super Troopers. I just wow, I forgot the name of that because I don't think I've seen a movie from those guys in a while. I really time. should. Did they make a watch Hot Fuzz again? Now that I've now that I've been exposed via my parents to English, you know, detective comedy dramas. And oh yeah, this this guy should definitely try and pull over Heat Seeker while also trying to use the word meow as many times as possible. <laughs> Yeah, just pull him over right now. Did you just say meow? Good job, meow. <laughs> anyway, we uh, it turns out that, uh, you know, so they decide we're just going to evacuate this entire area because as it turns out, uh, there is nothing of value here. 
and uh, <laughs> the things here are uh, dishonored. <laughs> oh shoot! Yeah, I, I meant to look up those things because yeah, this is a big nuclear waste uh, disposal area. I did post a link to it in our uh, planning chat, oh, right. which you did respond to by posting a uh, a uh, meme someone had made of the long-term nuclear waste storage warnings, but on the backs of booty shorts. Yes, yes the classic booty shorts. It's like, uh, what is here is dangerous and repulsive to us. <laughs> yes. Great to have on your pants. Uh, this place is so. not a place of honor. No highly esteemed deed is commemorated here. Nothing valued is here. I guess in case uh, we're worried about uh, the Klingons getting into our uh, nuclear waste. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's important. But also, I appreciate, and I feel like I'm probably going to end up noticing whether or not this happens throughout the rest of the season. Uh, but we do get some mortal peril worthy of starting a rescue bots episode so yes it's important to <laughs> yeah they the writers i guess having the same creative team they have realized through rescue bots that it's important to start the episode to cut to the credits on mortal peril so yes. we, we get that with the cops So we're uh, we're back at the uh, we're back at the scrapyard. You know, everybody is sparring. We have uh, things have been pretty quiet since they busted up uh, Decepticon Island back in previous se- well the previous full season's finale, and also defeated Starscream and his crew in the previous half season finale. Which admittedly is pretty good for you know Bumblebee and a bunch of rookies. Well, Bumblebee is pretty pleased with himself because this whole episode, he's all, yeah, you know, whatever it is, we can handle it. It's no big deal. So I I just want to make a brief aside since we are back to a series with Bumblebee in it. Uh, But my nephews have, especially my older nephew, who's 11, uh, has become obsessed with the original Transformers, the movie. Ooh. Uh, And apparently the other day he, he commented to my sister that isn't it kind of strange that Bumblebee is hardly in Transformers the movie? <laughs> yeah. Being 11, he's accustomed to Bumblebee being the star of things. <laughs> so he was surprised. What that can I that, tell you, kid? They weren't trying to. Yeah, he was surprised that that was not as much the case in 1986. They uh, they weren't trying to sell his toy anymore, kid. What can I tell you? Yeah. Well, he's, he got to stay alive. I mean, he at least he was. <laughs> Yeah, he survived the movie, which is more you can say for most of the earlier cast. Yeah, th- how does he handle all the, um, you know, death and destruction in that movie? Well, that's why he didn't get to watch it until he was about 11. <laughs> well, that sounds about right. Apparently, he was like, he spent a few days obsessed with the idea of how Astro Train must have felt having all those Decepticons fighting inside him. <laughs> And <laughs> he's he's a sensitive kid, apparently. My my sister picked him up from school the other day and he was crying because a girl that he liked told him he cried too much. Oh dear. And I was like, Aww. Oh my god, this is this child is so related to me. Mood. <laughs> I don't need to have kids because my nephews are extremely related to me. 
But uh but yeah, he he was he he was suitably in awe of of all of the death and destruction, but also like I said, this is why also his his younger brother is like seven and he is one of those kids who just likes like zombies and stuff. So mm. he mm. he rolls he was okay to experience it at that younger age because he's a little more into the <laughs> death and destruction. I, uh, hook that kid up with uh, Dark Awakening. That kid's <laughs> that kid's favorite game, like his favorite Switch game right now, is Hollow Knight, which is mm. he has some uh-huh. exceptional taste. One is hot. Is that with the little bug guys? Yes, that's with the little bug guys. Uh, yeah, that game so was fun. My my small nephew and his indie Metroidvanias. <laughs> anyway, Bumblebee is the star of this show. Yes, and Walt Grimlock was playing tic tac tail with himself, which I found yes. delightful. D- Russell sounds different. Am I just remembering wrong? I think it's also Maybe. his voice actor's going through puberty. Okay. I wasn't sure I if it was a voice actor change or it was just puberty. Hitting. Because I, it's a, it's not a thing where they hired a middle-aged Canadian woman to voice him. It's like an actual <laughs> uh, young boy. No okay. Saffron Henderson. I just wasn't sure if it's, well, we haven't watched this in a while, or if there was a change. Yeah. Yeah, Stuart Allen is the actor, and he was born in 1999, so we're probably looking at some voice cracking here. Yeah. I do like... So he's... he uh, Russell is playing with uh, Drift's babies. Drift's mm-hmm. Minicon babies. And one of them tries to fake him out by saying, Over there, Megatronus is forcibly removing sugared treats from the grasp of that human infant. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, because of course Russell is the uh, is the kicker of the football team, and uh, much like Bumblebee, he's getting a little uh, he's getting a little uh, high on his own supply here. He's like you know whatever they whatever kick I have, I've got the formulas. I can kick it in no matter what, hundred percent of the time. It definitely feels like everybody's got two and a half seasons of character uh, development behind them, and they are ready to face whatever the next challenge is. Yes, and you know. As, as always, uh, strong arm and sideswipe at big ring. They just need somebody to fight, and so when they need a, someone uh, to punch who isn't each other. Yes, because yeah. she does get a pretty solid punch into sideswipe's face here, and he deserves it always. <laughs> so there is a distress call out at this uh, nuclear waste dump, and uh, so you know, they, Bumblebee says, "You know, I'm going to send strong arm and sideswipe. You guys got to get out of the house." So, and he's uh, like, you guys can handle it. This will be easy. Whatever happens. Yeah. I I don't think they're made aware to begin with that it's a nuclear No, they, they're just like interfering with their communications there. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they head out there, and indeed they, they adopt Desert Camo, because it is, once again, the Browning Part 2. Also, do they get new... Revenge. <laughs> do they get new... F- flashy transformation sequences they do, yes. as they're about to head out, because those are some mm. very flashy ones, and they feel new. Mm. It's a new season. They're mm. going to Brown Town. Yep. 
So there's this this post that I read on Tumblr years ago that has lived in my head ever since. That's about bananas. About how through the afternoon they're they're not ripe yet. They're not ripe yet. Three AM I'm ripe. <laughs> Seven AM Welcome to Brown Town. <laughs> And that I don't. Uh, it's yeah. just one of those things that I don't know why it's stuck in my head, but it it lives in my head forever. So I spent this entire thing thinking about bananas, <laughs> brown town, and so you know they adapt, and it's it's just I I don't know if they're trying to really sell these repaints or what, but it's just too brown. I think I th- was it like I think only Sideswipe got the brown, maybe. Well, no, because at one point they were all brown, right? No, but I mean the toys. Oh yes, I think it was only Sideswipe and maybe Drift. Yeah, it's just too much brown. Sideswipe does note that he likes this design, but I can't imagine him liking the colors that much. But I'm yeah, sure he likes really his weird. like. Didn't we determine what his Japanese? <laughs> On his side, oh, says, I think it's it says fa- it means fast. Yeah, to the point oh, that I yes. added it to the wiki. Yes, <laughs> or clarified <laughs> it on the wiki. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, well, like, initially, uh, they, it takes uh, a while to find this Decepticon. Uh, so first, the kanji on his hood means speed. Oh, speed! On mm-hmm. his rear panel, it says blindingly fast. Ooh, I see. I mean, I guess if you're an alien robot, then any. Like human stuff is going to be weird cu- cultural appropriation, so it's yes. all about equally okay. Yes. Wait, he, he's just an alien mech boy who got kanji tattoos on himself. <laughs> yes. He's, he's lucky that it doesn't say beef with broccoli. <laughs> and so it, it takes them a while to actually find this Decepticon, but they do find a crazy desert dwelling hermit. Yay! Yeah. Who is obsessed with finding aliens and is wearing a tinfoil hat. <laughs> Dressed to the nines in his little rundown Winnebago. Like I said, Haven't Mr. we seen this guy before? We have not seen this guy before, but we've heard this voice actor before. Hmm. Uh, this is Trevor Duvall, who initially was based in Canada, and thus was part of the, uh, especially Vancouver, and he was part of the Ocean Group. <gasps> Ooh. So he was uh, he was Scourge in um, Transformers Cybertron, and he was really? Alpha Q in in oh. uh, Energon. <laughs> ah. Worst name ever. Pretty much. And then he oh. sets. Well, really- it, it's a great pun name. It's just a really dirty pun name. I got the feeling that, like, the Hasbro people didn't realize how it sounded until they, they were didn't at BotCon. No. And they said and then, it out loud and everyone laughed at them. At BotCon. Because, I mean, I don't know, maybe they were... When, when you have a specific context for something, you don't necessarily think about how it's going to sound outside that context until well, you get the, to a convention the, full of, like, 20-something <laughs> nerds. I mean, like... I, I get that, like, so many times that surprised me. He's like, did you not Google search this with safe search off? Admittedly, this is a pronunciation thing, but it's a pronunciation thing like the second time you say it out loud, you should get it. Alpha yeah. Q. Alpha Q. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's like the letters F-U-C-K-me. 
so as a brief i think i might have screwed that up one my my update on pluto tv because i i think probably part of why i thought we had seen this guy before is because occasionally i've been catching parts of episodes out of order Mm. on pluto tv as i have it on in the background so Pluto TV has recently, compl- like, I, I think I mentioned before that their Transformers channel was just animated cyberverse robots in disguise. Hmm. And it would just go between those three. Well, now they have introduced Beast Machines, hmm. which I appreciate because I had been saying that they, you know, pointing out that they keep showing Beast Machines on their, like, channel promo thing, but not actually showing Beast Machines. But they seem to have replaced everything else with Unicron Trilogy, yeah, which I, they were previously only showing on weekends. Yeah, I actually tuned in today and I caught uh, some pretty cringeworthy uh, Armada footage. Oh, yeah. It, it's that scene where they're really trying I to sell like... Optimus Prime's trailer base. Ah. <laughs> I feel like I would have... I, I would not have traded... Uh, Cyberverse animated and robots in disguise just to have beast machines. No. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I appreciated beast machines more more recently, but no, not worth <laughs> trading all the other shows. But I like beast machines. Oh, I I remember the the thing. Well, I remember the end of the thing. Now, the the phrase "if you seek Amy" is "if you seek Amy." Hmm. It's like, well, well, no, but that, that, uh, I don't think you, anyway, name, weird things. Yeah. Where are we? My brain just went on a digression. Uh, we've encountered this hermit and also sideways being annoying by both drifting into his turns and also humming. Oh, yeah, it's like, yes. Sideswipe Strong is. Strong arm says, no humming. Sideswipe is kind of infuriating this episode. Like, he's being better, but also worse. <laughs> Like he says <laughs> the correct things, but then he keeps cutting in front of strong arm and then kicking up dust in her windshield wipers or whatever. He's being intentionally worse. Yes. Yeah. So they are luckily able to convince they, you know, this guy will not, you know, they, this guy. Initially, it seems that he thinks that they're aliens, but he's just actually looking for aliens and wants to know if they've seen any. Yeah, that was the cut to commercial <laughs> break. Mm-hmm. Of It's peril of him thinking we're aliens, but we are aliens. Oh, no, he's just looking for aliens and has a tinfoil hat and is just ranting with a metal detector. Yeah, so, so we... I don't know how he thinks his metal detector is going to help him find aliens. I, I am curious about this. I would like more information. Well, if he wandered around more, he might have found alien artifacts in the ground, but that's something for later. And meanwhile, I hope everybody is ready for some football! Oh, oh yes. There are other children exist in this show. I don't remember the last time we saw them. It, it, well, this is, of course, uh, Russell's old friend Hank. Yeah, but I don't, yes. I don't remember if we saw them anywhere in... Ep- or any other child, including Hank in season two. I think maybe briefly. Yeah, yeah apparently I think they were we briefly were a little too busy two. during that half season. Yeah, yeah, in the half season, during, no, but in the first half. During that half, half season, half we were season. too busy having a precious, tiny Triceratops mini-con voiced by Robbie Ritz. Yes, yes. I want his toy. I cannot have his toy. It is so much. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Russell, you know, he's pretty confident. He never misses. But unfortunately, the entire, the opposing team has either recruited a kid with a horrible genetic disorder. Like, he might have like, <laughs> that, like, Robin Williams in Jack disease. Or they recruited, like, a hobo off the street. What? He's just a, he's just a child lurch. You know, this kid is six feet in, tall. Yes. When I was in eighth grade, there was a kid in my grade who was six feet tall. It does. He happen. just had a weird early growth spurt. Yeah. He was in band. He played the saxophone. He was six feet tall. So, although it is kind of weird, like how how old is Russell supposed to be? He I seems don't like he's know. Twelve or something. It's like a six foot twelve year old would be odd. I mean, he might have six like that Andre the Giant disease or something. Like yeah. this kid has to go to school on a tr- on the back of a truck. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I think he just hit puberty early. I ride the truck. Just, just drinking, you know, just drinking bottles of wine with lunch. <laughs> Talking about how Hulk Hogan is a big jerk and it will smash his face. Uh, anyway, so naturally, this enormous lummox blocks this field goal, and uh, uh, Russell is feeling like he's playing for the early '90s Buffalo Bills. Hmm. <laughs> I don't get it. Neither do I. Really, just just chuckle and nod at the sports jokes. Uh-huh. Anyway, sport ball. Anyway, cut back to uh, cut back to the desert. Uh, Sideswipe astronomer do find Heatseeker, and he says, "You know this this valley is mine. It is it belongs to uh, to my chief." Who, uh, chief. Oh, is this more football references? Or are we going to get the unfortunate kind? Yeah, yeah, no. He, he, he <laughs> the, they later redubbed this to say he's uh, claimed this area for uh, uh, for his commander. <laughs> I mean, okay. Changing the name didn't make the their team any better. No, it, it might saying, when that as someone living in that region. It does appear that their horrible owner might finally be about to sell it, though. Yay! Yeah, I will also say that one side effect of renaming your sports team away from something super racist is that you will absolutely have people who insist on clinging to the old merchandise <laughs> to show off how racist they are. Oh dear. Yep. <laughs> Just you know, FYI. Anyway, so this this heat seeker, he's kind of like he's he doesn't have a he's he's dumb and belligerent, but also extremely tough. Yeah, well, spoilers, he's a stunticon, so yes, he is a dumb thug. Yes. <laughs> but he is a skilled at driving dumb thug. Yes. So that you know, they fight. He basically drops a tunnel on them, and all the time they're being you know, normal stuff. Yes, all the while they're being observed by a mysterious minicon. <gasps> a small friend, yes. or possibly enemy. Uh, this is Stuntwing, as we'll later find out. Yeah, but, but he's like, tiny. He is a good tiny child. But the problem is, he's like a baby. Most of the time, we're just seeing close-ups of his head. Which is a similar shape to Heatseekers, and similar color. Right? Well, Heatseekers is more of dark gray. The mm. Stuntwing is a black. 
But like for the first few shots, I thought, oh, Heat Seeker just snuck behind them on a hill. Mm. Wait, why isn't he doing anything? They, they should have picked this, a minicon with a different color. I could not, at least for the first shot. I could tell that he was different and that he was small. My minicon well, senses were going off. Well, the second time I noticed his head was more squat. I just didn't realize it was a minicon. I thought, oh, it's another stumpticon. Oh, no, he just keeps getting smaller in every shot. Minicons are the best. Well, yeah. And unfortunately, uh, what this guy also is, is heavily armed. <laughs> yeah. Because, so yeah, they, they radio back to base. They inform that this guy is a stunticon and that he's, uh, he is, of course, a, a wanted criminal. Hmm. Yes, fix it. Points. Fix it notes that these stunticons are known for being criminally reckless. Yes. I feel like strong arm should would have especially strong feelings about that. Yes, and uh, he's got he's got missiles which they can seemingly easily evade. But to quote uh, Skywarp in that one episode of Generation One, "Heat seeking missiles seek heat." <laughs> sure. So uh, yeah, they they this is actually a pretty cool sequence where they are like being chased by these missiles. Yeah, it, it's yeah. it's well executed for a very basic thing of oh, how do we get rid of two heat-seeking missiles? We mm-hmm. crash them into each other. Yes, but like the conclusion is is predictable, but the the animation of it is rather well done. Yes, and and you know, well, of course, the whole time Sideswipe is hassling her because you know, well, what does the manual say about this? The manual says drive faster than the missiles. <laughs> oh, and I, I tried to look up like. Who was the brown transformer that came out? And I can't find any of them. All I'm finding is like the ice deco ones. Oh, maybe they... I could have sworn there was a brown. Why are you tormenting us with this much brown when you aren't even selling brown toys? I don't know. There had to have been <laughs> somebody, but I looked at Sideswipe and Bumblebee and Strongarm, and I, I drifted. I didn't see unless I scrolled past the toy, or we just didn't have a picture of it because nobody on the wiki bought a brown toy. <laughs> I'm going to choose to believe that this entire thing is one big homage to our friend Joe Kide, who <laughs> somewhat notoriously really liked making toys beige. He also, uh, well, he really loved French gray. <laughs> Which, yes. It's a fine color. It's just, eh, it, it usually doesn't work on robots that well. I, I especially remember... Or, wait a minute, just running into green. him at, at BotCon one year, and I think it, it might have been an OTFCC. It was during that period. And I think this was actually the first time we had run into him, that convention. And he was he just turned to us all and, and pointed at a... I, I forget which one it was, but pointed at a toy, and he was like, beige. <laughs> uh, maybe he was slightly colorblind. Presumably he had done that. Yeah. Okay, French gray is good because it's a warmer gray and it's a nice difference between all the grays on Transformers, but I'd rather have a dark gray. So so these missiles crash into each other. It's a huge explosion. Cool looking explosion. Hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, Strongarm tries to radio in, but the radio's still not working. But luckily, they do get the message and the... Uh, you know, Bumblebee is still pretty sure that they can handle this, but he's you know he the, the team drops by just to be just to be sure. You know, hmm. so Stronger explains what exactly is going on. Oh, and also we we cut back again to the football field where uh, uh, where Denny is there being an extremely annoying sports dad. 
I feel yes. like this this was part of the evolution that uh, Earthspark has furthered of making the cast a higher and higher concentration of embarrassing dads. Yes. <laughs> by Earthspark, we have at minimum three embarrassing dads. Ooh. Three? Here we we just have the two embarrassing dads. Ooh, so I, I want to know who would win a, uh, a an embarrassing dad off. Is it Mr. Clay or is it Mr. Malto? I, oh. This is a very... I, I, they're both so embarrassing. I think it is affected somewhat by the fact that in the Earthspark universe there is, like, merchandise. Yes. So Ooh. that Denny doesn't have, like, a bumblebee pitcher. This is true. But <laughs> he does have... entire suit of bumblebee faces. He does have a bunch of Bucky the Breakfast Beaver uh, sculptures, though. He does have a lot of mm. things that are embarrassing. Yes. You, you gotta balance out embarrassing versus a little bit of cool. Like, like Denny does have cool moments now and then. Hmm. I mean, I haven't finished Earthspark yet, so it remains to be seen how much how much more embarrassing that dad can be. <laughs> have you gotten to the end of the first part of the first no, set of No, they episodes? haven't aired it all up here yet. Ah. Though I think the most embarrassing outfit he has shows up in some publicity stuff, Ooh. so I kind of feel like that doesn't count as a spoiler. <laughs> and of course, you know, this... But it's pretty embarrassing. Yeah. So th this field goal, of course, gets hilariously blocked, and uh, Russell is pretty, uh, pretty downcast. And meanwhile, we're, we're back in uh, we're back at the Mesa. We're trying to suss out what exactly is so menacing about this heatseeker guy. Grimlock wonders if Mace because he has cats. <laughs> well, yeah, they, they all ask the questions like, "Is it this? Is it that?" It's like, "No, no, no. Is it cats? No, it's the goddamn nuclear yeah. waste." Yeah, there's nuclear us. waste. This guy has missiles. That's a bad combo. Also, Strongarm is trying to convince Bumblebee that this is actually critical, and he's like, "Is it? how critical is it? Because I'm sure you guys can handle it. And she's like, it's extra, extra critical. And, you know, even at that, you know, he's pretty, pretty he's pretty sure that they don't know that there are five of us. Uh, cut to Grimlock noting that there are five missiles streaking towards them. <laughs> that was, uh, that was amusing. <gasps> Done! Yes, yes, he does know. I, I do really, I love any callback to Grimlock being deathly afraid of cats. Yes. It is a cute little quirk. And uh, that is the end of the episode. Hmm. The peril of nuclear annihilation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's pretty perilous. All things, you know, as perils go, that's one of the higher perils. Oh, sure. And so, yeah, you know, this is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a fairly low-key way to uh, to start the season. You know, we've, we've got one Decepticon. We don't really know what his whole deal is or why he wants this mountain or this valley. Why he, he sure wants to be want king of the hill. <laughs> Propane. And, you know, I, 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 I do wish that it wasn't so brown. Yeah, we, it, <laughs> it it is a problem that that um, 
strong arm and, and sideswipe stay brown throughout the entire episode. Yes. Although at the end, they're still trying to hide from missile shooting robots. But it, it's brown on brown background is good camouflage, but bad visuals, guys. Yeah, brown on brown is my uh, least favorite uh, Bob Dylan album. <laughs> and, and apparently there were no brown toys that I could find. <laughs> Uh, someone that, had that definitely printed. makes it worse. That makes it so much worse. I could have sworn somebody was, but I'm I'm just not finding them. Maybe it was like a legend scale guy or something. Maybe maybe it was a small one. I don't know. All right, so I believe that now brings us to a a whole new season of David's Tokusatsu Corner. But, well, well, it's a new season for Robots in Disguise. It's the same. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Five man! What have we been going through? The same number of man. Yes, uh, up to episode 18. Okay. This episode, saving money! Two exclamation points. Okay. Two exclamation points. Yeah, wow. Well, that, that is kind of the standard. Like, one exclamation point is, like, just a normal end of a sentence. Two! Two is important. They're very important about saving this oh, money. Oh, okay. Three is, is crazy. Yes. You don't have three until, like, the end of a season or something. <laughs> anyway... This, this. this episode is about a boy making money by doing other students' homework and, and getting paid by that. But the Pink Ranger catches him and accuses him. Why are you doing other people's homework? It's like to get money. Look, I have almost $1,000 in 1980s Ooh. money. Wow. Yeah, but that's it, it's like, a crack uh, a hundred thousand yen, which is a thousand dollars, which is a lot for a small child oh, sure. to be making off of doing other people's homework. It's like crap, kid. You're like twelve. What the hell? <laughs> and that's in eighties or like eighty-seven or no, nineteen ninety money, which is still quite a bit. Anyway, the, this is of course related to the monster of the week that gets hired by the the big fat mushroom Godzilla monster. The monster of the week is a piggy bank monster. Including a Ooh. slot in the back of his head, and he has a little door of a safe in his belly. It kind of looks like um, Pudgy Pig from the original Power Rangers, oh, sort yeah. of, with Ooh. a slightly smaller head. And he doesn't. I assume he doesn't have like a Roman mm-hmm. centurion helmet for some reason. No, he, he's he's just a just basic pig monster. And, and just your average everyday pig monster. Yes, so he's a greedy monster, and he's effectively powered by the money you put in his tummy. <laughs> like, like when he runs out of money, he just Same, like though. he just lays down and quits work. It's like I'm out of money. And, uh, <laughs> I'm not doing anymore. You have to pay me more, you cheap little mushroom monster man, who's basically the rat bat of the bad guys. And my throat is not happy. I need more tea. This is an extremely relatable bad guy. I just want to say that. <laughs> sort of anyway so he, he gets sent out to fight the rangers and, and he like sucks up air into his nose and shoots air out of his nose and sucks up money into his nose and somehow has nose fireworks which I didn't really want to find out more about Ew. but he sure shoots them out prefer not to know more about that Anyway, the 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 kid obsessed with money has a run-in with the monster of the week while the monster of the week is like stealing money from the back of a car. Like <laughs> I I don't know if that was a Yakuza deal or if it was supposed to be like an armored car, but it was a car that had a lot of money in it. And the, the monster of the week takes a nap after having his fill of money, and then the kid 
Like some of the money blows out of the open safe on the monster's belly and the kid picks up the money and suddenly the kid is infected with his face turns into a pig because of contact high? I don't know. Eek. Anyway, the, the more fight with with the rangers and, and the kid helps out by realizing, oh, I've turned into a pig. Money is bad. I will go get all my piggy banks I have at home with each piggy bank has a different denomination of coinage in it. And I will throw them at the monster to distract him because the monster loves money. And then the rangers fight back. The pink ranger defeats him. And then the pink ranger defeats him again when he grows big and she's piloting the robot. Hooray, it's a pink mm-hmm. episode. And, and the day is saved because a child threw away ten or a thousand dollars worth of coins. <laughs> like, okay, kid, it's good not to be obsessed with money, but you made a thousand dollars. Holy crap. Yeah. And you threw it away. Must have been some good homework. It's a big chunk of money. Unless he kept some of that money that he collected earlier that blew out of the monster's belly. You lost a thousand dollars, kid. What the hell? Uh, oh, and, and there was a minor side plot about, like, the, the Black Ranger was spending his allowance or pay or whatever the hell on buying new fashion that was on sale. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the episode, he asked the Pink Ranger for a loan because he's broke now. <laughs> and she blum, says, blum. no, didn't you watch the rest of this episode? <laughs> did you miss the moral of the episode? Come on. Yeah, apparently he did. <laughs> All right. All right, and that does it for us for this week. We'll be back next week with the exciting conclusion to this episode of Robots in Disguise. Brown, mm. brown, brown. Yes. Until then, you can find us all over the internet. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and we have a Patreon. Yes, we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. That is patreon.com slash iaconunderground. Uh, for the month of March, we have gone down to the bayou uh, to <laughs> visit with the thieves and the assassins in the X-Men episode, Externally Yours. Uh, that was a lot of fun, and that episode has us doing more terrible accents than any given issue of a Chris Claremont <laughs> X-Men comic. Uh, oh yeah, technically I haven't finished editing that yet, although it will be out before this episode okay. is. <laughs> But it's been a, a busy, tiring, slightly uh, just tired at month. For April, there will be something fun that we haven't decided on yet. Yes. I don't think. Oh, also, we have a Discord where I watch Tokusatsu, watch streams on Fridays, come yes. visit, Yep. see the memes. I have set us up with a... Mastodon, Mastodon account on my server Yay. at Underground at retro.pizza. Uh, I am working on finding an easy way to post to it without having to like completely log out and then log back in and mess around with my two-factor stuff because I'm the admin on the server and of course my account had better have two-factor. Uh, but I, yeah, I will is, get all that sorted yeah. out. Get a second device to use that specifically. I or? might just start doing a separate browser for that one, but uh, oh yeah, that's a good idea. Chrome and Firefox. I should go ahead and post the link to our Discord to that soon, maybe this evening. Yeah, after I finish voiding some warranties, which is mm. my plans <laughs> for the evening. I am literally oh. voiding a warranty right now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 
So until next time, when we find out who is truly king of the hill, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. That's my purse. I don't know you, the prerequisite king of the hill <laughs> joke. I'm David. I mean, there are other quotes, but, like, that's the most memorable one. I need to get up and grab a an extra tool for the warranty voiding I'm currently engaged in. <laughs> okay. I need something to do with my hands. Oh, uh, stop saying. No, I opened my analog pocket because I bought some custom buttons for it because I'm incorrigible.